Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's Autumn. It's your girl back with you. Another week of Corona madness over here. Uh, we're still recording from home, and I don't know if you knew that or, or, or not, but um, a couple weeks ago, we started recording from home, which is the beautiful thing about technology these days. We have the option to do so, and um, I hope you guys are staying well. I hope your anxiety level has decreased over the last couple of weeks. I know that um, just for myself, stop watching. I had to stop watching the news, and I felt way better about my life, but I I hope you guys are really starting to see the good in what we're dealing with right now. I feel like God has such a very, many, many purposes, Um, but I think there's a lot of good that is being done. I was talking to my mom yesterday, and she was like, Autumn, what about this, and what about that, what about evangelism, and what about our prayer lives, and you guys know how big I am about prayer. And I hope we're starting to see not only the good and what God is doing that is good during this time, but also um, we're starting to evaluate our lives and and really looking at them and thinking to ourselves, who do we want to be when we come out of this? What, what what, What do we want to bring with us out of this quarantine? And what do we want to keep in this quarantine? What needs, what do we need to shed? What needs to be pruned from our life? Um, God has given us the gift of really solidarity right now where we can look at our lives and think, man, I I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I want to deal with it now. So when, you know, the world kind of opens back up, you can jump in with both feet. Really thinking about those things myself. Um, Another thing, talking about quarantine and talking about sheltering in place and corona and everything A lot of you guys have started reading, (laughs) which is a great thing. Um, As an author, I I love that. And it's so incredibly important um, for us to just broaden our minds and, and to grow. And my guest today is one huge advocate for reading. Um, I want to go ahead and welcome her to her to the show. She has a really interesting project that she has just released, uh, but I'll let her tell you all about it. Welcome, Karen Swallow Pryor, to our show today. How are you? Hello, Autumn. I'm doing, you know, pretty much, I think, the same <laughs> as we all are, just sheltering in place <laughs> and, and get, getting over that first hump of anxiety that you talked about and feeling like I'm settling into the new rhythm finally at last, so... I feel like I feel like a lot. Don't you feel like um, a lot of people are just kind of they're starting to roll with it? You know, um, I feel like the people that I've talked to, they're like, yeah, we're just kind of waiting now. You know, um, trusting the Lord, like actually trusting the Lord, like not not church trusting the Lord, like actually trusting the Lord. Uh, do you feel like that's kind of how people are responding? 
uh, in Virginia over there where you live? Well, you know, I, 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 yeah, I think people really are. If you go to social media, it seems like there's a lot of agitators out there who are profiting off of the, uh, of the, of the anxiety. Um, but I think yes. pe- people on the ground, um, you know, there's a meme going around. Memes sometimes have a lot of wisdom. Uh, this was one of the best ones. It was something along the lines of, you know, um, a, a century ago, our, our grandparents got called off uh, to war, we're asked being asked to sit on our sofas and watch Netflix. We can do this. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah, you know, and and not not to not to not to minimize the real pain and the deaths that are going on, but for the rest of us who are just you know doing our part by sheltering in place, yeah, I, it's 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 not easy, but I think we can do it. I mean, that's some perspective for you. Like, come on, <laughs> we we are asked, we are being asked to do that. Like, that is some great perspective. What a great meme! And you're right. There's been some really funny memes too that have that I've seen in the last couple of weeks about the sheltering in place. Especially me being a mom of four kids. Oh my goodness, the homeschool <laughs> memes are out of control. Hilarious right now. Um, I want to because because of this interesting season. Um, you know, a lot of people are picking up books. A lot of people are, um, you know, because we have this new time on our hands, we're, we're able to do things that we don't typically get to do. And some people read all the time, and I love that. Um, but you are a huge advocate for reading, Karen, and just with your life. And you have this project that I want to talk about. Tell me about... Um, Tell me about your your passion for older literary literary work and uh, just your project that you've just released. And then I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I I'm just uh, you know I was a typical English major going all the way back to to my college days. I mean, I I grew up loving reading and loving books, and I I didn't necessarily read great literature all the time. I loved Stephen King. I'm kind of returning to him during this, <laughs> during this pandemic, just for fun. Um, <laughs> the Stand is quite uh, shocking to read again <laughs> in this context. Um, oh, man. So, but um, so, you know, I was the English major who fell in love with, with classic literature during my college years, went on to get a PhD and have been teaching college now for 30 years actually um and all of a sudden yeah it just you know the world has changed uh and we're in this digital age and and I think people do read a lot now because of Twitter and Facebook and articles and blogs Mm. but we're not reading the classic works of literature as much and but I think you're right I think that during this time of sort of enforced quiet and um and less activity people are picking up books i'm getting lots of emails and requests um to talk about books to do podcasts about books and zoom meetings and so forth and just coincidentally or providentially that that writing about reading and books has been what i've been doing for the past few years including this new project that just released thank the lord just just before the pandemic hit so these books were able mm. some of the books were able to get out a lot of people have them they're still uh lifeway is shipping them more cheaply and quicker than Amazon, but they are the first two books in a what will be a six-volume series um, published by B&H, which is a Christian publisher, 
Southern mm-hmm. Baptist like me. Um, and <laughs> they are classic works of literature that are, that are in the public domain. So that means anyone can, you know, republish them. But B&H has included, I've written introductions um, to the works um, for really for all readers. I mean, I, I hope that readers who already love the works will gain something from them. But because I'm a teacher, I've also written them in a way that I hope first-time readers can approach these these works that they might be intimidated by. And I've included discussion questions to help navigate um, through the text. And B&H printed them in these beautiful cloth-bound hardcover books with beautiful designs on the front and a beautiful font and paper inside and they're just they're they're objects of beauty uh on their own but what's inside the pages i hope will just just um illuminate and attract readers um the first two i'm getting so far ahead of myself here and the first two volumes that just came out are um a favorite of classic literature lovers Jane Austen's Sense and Sensibility, mm-hmm. and, and then a work that if any of us do remember it, we probably remember it from being forced to read it in high school or college and hating it <laughs> because it's just <laughs> such a difficult book, but it's really worthwhile, and that's Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness. Now, I, okay, Sense and Sensibility, I feel like everyone knows, but I've got to be honest with you, I was never even asked to read The Heart of Darkness. So I've never had to read it. It was never on any reading list. Maybe that's just uh, the school corporation that I that I grew up in. What is that one about exactly? Can you educate yeah, me? Yeah, <laughs> I can. It well, you know, it's my specialty is British literature. So most of the works in the series, not all, will be British, just because that's my passion my love my area of expertise and so beautiful if you took like if you in college you took an American literature survey class which many students choose that over a British literature survey then you wouldn't have been asked to read Heart of Darkness so so a lot of people might not have been exposed to it it's it's basically the story and actually some people might know the story a little bit better from the um, 20th century film adaptation Um, Apocalypse Now, which takes the same story of a journey through the Congo to retrieve um, a person uh, and resets it in the context of the Vietnam War. In this case, Heart of Darkness is right at the at the peak of the colonial era era where, you know, the worldwide empire of Britain was exploiting the lands in Africa and the peoples of Africa. Uh, And even though... Yes, it's, it's, that's and so it actually is a very dark story, and the heart of darkness refers oh. to going into the heart of the jungle and discovering not only that the darkness is in the jungle, but the darkness that is in the human heart because of our own depravity. So, See, you make it <laughs> a, a cheery so read. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you may, but but even you explaining it like that makes it sound so interesting. Like, wow, I'm pulled in there. I, I've got to read this book. Um, is that kind of what you do in these? Is that is that is that what you're doing? Are you? It says it's a guide, so it's it's a six volume guide. But is that what you do? Kind of pull the reader through um, these books, uh, narrating your own perspective on on the on the biblical truths in there. Yes, exactly. So in the, you know, basically what I wanted to do 
is I wanted to guide the reader just like I would in the classroom, right? Because I'm drawing on my years of classroom teaching where I'm introducing these works to students. And one of the things that I, I love to do it, when they're students, and usually they are approaching it for the first time, is to not spoil the story for them. Um, I mean, these books mm. are all very rereadable. You can read them again and again, but when you're reading it for the first time, it's so wonderful to not know how it ends. So in the introductions, uh, I kind of set the context. I give some, uh, some information about the author's life and the times and the issues of the day that the writers are addressing, but I don't include any spoilers, which sometimes it's hard to explain, you know, what's going on without the spoilers. So I, that's where in the discussion questions, I guide the reader through by saying, okay, look at this passage. How does this one foreshadow this? Or now that you've read this, what's the significance of this other part? This is generally mm. the same kinds of questions that I will ask in the classroom. I mean, these books I've, I've, I've created them to be basically like a classroom in your hand for each of the works. Which I love that. I feel, um, I, I love learning. I love, I, I always feel like I can learn something new. I, I try to learn something new every single day. So this would, this, this would be really intriguing and really challenging, especially right now during this time when our minds are kind of de, you know, de-poisoned from everything that we normally allow in and just the busyness of life. Uh, to to learn uh, something new would be amazing. Who did you who did you write this for? When you when you how did this project even come about? <laughs> I feel like it's so it's so unique and it's so different. You know, you you see especially in the Christian world, you see mm -hmm. the the self help biblical help books. You see um, uh, all sorts of different things, but this is this is unique. So how did this project come about? Well, you know, I really wish I could take any of the credit for this idea, but I, but I can't um, because really uh, what happened was that B&H approached me with the idea. And of course their idea was um, to not only publish these works again in beautiful volumes, but to include um, not just the introductions I talked about, but also the biblical worldview integration approaching mm. these works as Christians. So that is also something that I have done in, in these books. And you are exactly right, Autumn. It is just, this is not the normal Southern Baptist curriculum yeah. <laughs> and books that we would expect. And I just have to tell you, it's, this is part of my story. This is a big part of my, my testimony. And I share it in my first book, a little memoir called Book Literature and the Soul of Me, I grew up in the church and I grew, but I also grew up reading literature and the life of the mind. And for a long, long time, I thought I had to choose between the two because I didn't oh. see a place for literature and the intellect and academia in the church. And I felt like mm. I had to choose and I did not choose church mm. or God for a while. But when I finally mm. figured out in grad school that not only do I not have to choose between them, but this gift of words and language is a gift from God for us and yeah. the church. My whole world mm. blew open. And so now these years later to actually have the church come to me and say, mm. we want you to use your gift and passion, the specific one that you never saw a place for in the church to use for the church. Autumn, I just cannot tell you how wow. 
what how how God has just amazed me in that. And so I really hope these books do serve the church. Um, just you know, it, and they're not for everyone, but I think more people than realize it can be good readers of great literature. And the thing is, the same skills that are required to read good literature well are the ones that we need to read the Bible well because that too mm. is a great literary text. It's more than that, <laughs> but it right. is, it is a, a, a text. It is a work of great literature that we must engage, not just spiritually, but also intellectually and emotionally in the same way that we can engage these great books. I love this because I think sometimes, especially uh, in our culture, well, pre-corona, who knows what it's gonna look like post. I hope it looks different. Um, but I, I think a lot of people do have that same challenge as how do I bring the Bible into my everyday world? You, you're talking about, you know, literary works and you're having to choose between the two. But the truth is, is that in everyday life, you know, you can, you clearly can evangelize looking at the circumstances of the story that you're living in. And um, uh, if you don't have to choose one or the other, and I find that really fascinating that that was that was that 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 is part of your testimony. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. Why did you choose these particular books? You said there's a volume of six, and we're looking at Sins and Sensibility right now, and we're also looking at the Heart of Darkness right now. Um, but there's clearly four more. You can tell <laughs> us if you want. You don't have to tell us what what, what is coming up. Specifically, oh, that, that, and I'll be happy to share what the ones that are coming up. Although I, I, I'm still reserving the right to change my mind at the last minute. But, um, but no, <laughs> I mean, of course, as I mentioned before, British literature is my love. The, the 19th century novel, in particular, 18th century too. But those are those are a little bit hard for most people. Um, and so I'm starting with my area of expertise. But then I, and, and that still leaves a lot of novels. Um, but I, but I'm asking myself. What, which of these works are particularly helpful and insightful for Christians today? And so I knew I wanted to include Jane Austen, of course. Yes. And mm -hmm. of, of her six completed novels, I believe that Sense and Sensibility is the one that Christians in particular have the most to learn from because the phrase Sense and Sensibility is really, it just, it's, those are the terms in the early 19th century were used for what we would call reason and emotion. And mm. I think the church really struggles with how to balance reason and emotion. We've got, we've got some hard line, you know, doctrine yes. people who are all about the reason. And then we've got kind of the more charismatic lovey people <laughs> who, who are more yes. about emotion and they're both good. They're both reflections of God's image in us. And what Jane Austen shows in Sense and Sensibility is that we should not um, go toward one or the other in the extreme, but balance both. And I think that's such a great message for the church today. Uh, so that's why I chose that one. And I brilliant. And I chose Heart of Darkness because it is one that I love to teach. It's one that's, um, that is, is, is infamously difficult, but I think it is accessible. And also, I'll be totally honest, um, I think we all know that women do a lot more of the reading and the buying of books these days. And Heart of Darkness <laughs> is a book that I think appeals broadly to men 
and I wanted I want my readers to know that these works are as much for men as they are for women. And so Heart of Darkness is kind of like my boy book and Sense and Sensibility is my girl book. Um, but I think that both sexes can and should uh, read these works and will benefit from them. Oh, you want to tell us what the, the other ones you oh, have yeah. coming out? So the next two, these are pretty much set because I'm beginning to work on them now. A uh, little, little extra time. Um, are Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre and uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh my goodness, that is that I can't I can't wait myself. That sounds really exciting, really fascinating. I'm I'm just excited to even hear your take on it. Talk to me about those people that are like uh, I I mean Jane Austen is one of personally one of my favorite authors of all time. But what if what if someone is like uh, why should I uh, reread this? what what why is this relevant for today um you know talk to me about the skeptic maybe a little bit like I didn't want to read this in high school why should I read this now <laughs> I want to uh, let's let's kind of get on our soapbox a little bit and be, play devil's advocate yeah, well, I think many a good book is ruined by high school reading. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's 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 wonderful to be exposed to these books at you know at younger ages, and um, and of course, I I think that they should be assigned in high school, but oftentimes they aren't taught well. Um, and the students are just sort of expected to like, oh, you're supposed to like this. Um, and they're often too young. I mean, I rem the first time I read Pride yeah. and Prejudice by Jane Austen was in high school. I My mind was not developed or sophisticated enough to get that it was satire and that yeah. it's hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was the most boring book in the world because almost nothing <laughs> happens in it. All of the action is in Austin's humor and it's very mm. sophisticated. So I had no idea it was such a good book until I went back and returned to it in college and then grad school. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. So um, so there's so much we can learn and appreciate now when we come back to these classic works through the lens of maturity and life experience. Um, and you know that's that's is one of the things that makes a great work of literature great is the fact that it is rereadable just like a great film i mean there's some movies we go and see and we're like okay once it's done it's like you know i don't need to see that again because i already know what happened but there are other films that are so good it's not just what yeah. happened happens in the story but it's actually how the story is told and you go back and you mm -hmm. notice things you didn't see before and it just enriches your experience because again great art isn't just about the what it's about the how mm. wow that's beautiful I think I'm I, I mean my daughter she's in she's about to be a freshman well I don't I don't know if she is a freshman yet or not because they haven't announce whether our school is completely closed here in Dallas yet until uh until the fall but uh she's in honors English and she's starting to be presented with some of these um works of art really is what they are and we I'm, I'm starting to talk to her and she's like I don't understand that you're so dead on that um it's really young for you to even begin to appreciate how it was written and the fact that Jean, Jane Austen was, uh, I mean, she was a genius, how she just put the wordsmith, word um, you know, so she started to come in and ask me these things. I'm like, pay attention, you pay attention. You're gonna, 
you're going to want this one day. Um, where can people get these books right now? I mean, this is going to air next week. So um, I know Amazon is prioritizing, you know, the, the essential needs and stuff right now. Are they shipping this book or do they know need to go directly to Lifeway for now to, to get it? I mean, Amazon is shipping. I think it's just taking a little bit longer, but they're still, oh, okay. uh, as far as I know, shipping the books. At Lifeway, the book is actually cheaper than on Amazon, and you can get oh. a two, you know, you can get to two of them with shipping cheaper than on Amazon. And then also, I am an advocate for supporting your independent bookstores. Um, Heart okay. and Mi- Hearts and Minds Bookstore in, in Pennsylvania is a wonderful Christian ministry. Um, they serve their readers very well. And, and if you want to, you know, it may, may not be as cheap, but uh, it's still a good deal and they're a wonderful ministry to support. So that's another option as well. Awesome. Karen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I, love, I love that this is unique because we do a lot of authors and there's a lot of great books out there, but this is just such a different way to read, you know, uh, and I love it. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it was a delight to talk about these things I love so much. Yes, and it's like a bright light right now in the world that we're living in. <laughs> Get yes. our minds off of it. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thing, you know you can catch me right back here tomorrow at 3.30 on the Autumn Show. The Autumn Mile Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.